Uninvisible is a support podcast that provides information, ideas, suggestions, and experiences that deal squarely with medical issues that present unique advocacy issues for individuals. We do not provide medical advice of any kind. We do provide support, concepts, ideas, discussions, and information you can use to make sure that you are being heard and that your concerns are being addressed. Please consult with your physician for any medical issue that you are facing, but we will be here for you along your journey. We welcome all comments about our episodes and, of course, the correction of any errors. Information and comments that you send to us are governed by our Terms of Service and Privacy Policy, which are available on our website, located at www.uninvisiblepod.com. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and are not necessarily the opinion of Uninvisible or the show sponsors. Most of all, we welcome your stories and experiences to share with our community, because without you, this community and the benefit it offers all of us would not exist. Any advertising that you may hear is accepted without regard to our editorial content. Of course, in the event that you are having a medical emergency of any kind, consult your physician or emergency services. Welcome to Uninvisible. I'm your host, Lauren Friedman, and I'm here with my guests to bring you info, insights, and inspiration for coping with, diagnosing, and treating invisible illness. We're here oversharing, so you don't have to struggle with invisibility anymore. Welcome to the show. We've got Allison Yates with us today. And Hello. she's hi. She's an actor, writer, comedian, and photographer. Because mm-hmm. why be just one thing? <laughs> hey, a millennial, I guess. That's right. Based in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, and Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, so we're on the sh- you're on the show today to talk about a couple of things. Okay. Um when we first started talking, we were talking about how you suffer from chronic migraines. Mm-hmm. So you've got that going on, but also you've been dealing with depression and anxiety for much of your adult life, right? So- uh, yeah, probably since I was 15 or so was when I first had depression come mm. into my life. And then now it's sort of transformed into anxiety as I've gotten older. How lucky. Yes. <laughs> uh, both are a treat. Um, yeah. And they, I think they have a lot to do with my migraines as well, so. So tell us um, how and when you first realized that you had something going on in the invisible illness spectrum. Okay, Um, so my first migraine, I was six years old, I was at a t-ball game, I was throwing (laughs) up in the woods. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I didn't, my dad had migraines and so did my grandma, his Mm -hmm. mom. Um, so it's genetic, but, uh... And is that a genetic... It can be a genetic condition? Yeah, it was... Pa- I guess it was passed down to me, although my brothers don't have it. Oh, um, But there are a lot of people who have, like, one migraine a year. My dad sort of falls into that category. Right. His mom and I, I think, were pretty similar. Mm. Um, so I was six when I had my first attack, and then... I would get them, like, periodically through my childhood, but it wasn't really till high school that I started seeing a neurologist and getting mm-hmm. on medication. Um... Was that because your parents... Like, I presume they were sort of taking care of you and... Yeah, they were like, you need to fix this. I don't think I was like, I need a neurologist. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Or your dad also maybe hadn't seen one until then. Like, did they know sort of how to approach? Uh, I guess, you know, I really don't remember. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a lot of stomach problems, too, in high school. And until now, I've been dealing with my stomach on and off, like, since high school, too. That's also fun. Yeah, I think they're they're also related as well, you know. Um, Well, so much starts in your gut, doesn't it? Yeah, and any kind of, like, anxiety or fear or anything, like, that manifests itself in me. Like, I feel feel sick. So, 
Um, I have very physical responses to my emotional life, I yep, guess. Same. Uh, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really fun when you're scared and then you have to go shit yourself. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I'm on that end of it. Yep. Uh, I'm not on the constipation side. Um, I get both if it makes you feel oh, better. Fun. <laughs> I have been constipated before, but it's not as often. Hmm. Um, the other, I, anytime I go anywhere, I know where every bathroom is. I yeah. hate road trips. I hate anytime I'm in like a weird situation with someone. Like I'm about to go do a photo shoot where it's. Normally, I have a place I shoot, and I know all the bathrooms and everything if I need to. Yeah. I'm about to go shoot at Manhattan Beach, and I'm like, all right. Oh, God. I'm so it's going to be like a big girl day for me, like getting through those four hours. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, my stomach's pretty okay compared to my head, uh, I mm. would say. I don't know. But um, so I saw a gastroenterologist when I was in middle school, high school. So it's all sort of like high school, middle school that you're starting Everything started, to like, yeah. Like treat these conditions. And I might have, I mean, I've had migraines since I was six. I don't know if they were chronic because mm. I can't remember. I can remember like certain episodes where like I'd have a friend over and I'd be like, let's just take a nap for a while. And oh. I would feel horrible. Yeah. And then I remember I started taking Excedrin for migraines because my dad always, that always helped him. So he would always push Excedrin on me mm. for whenever I had a headache or migraine. And, uh, so then I was sort of addicted to Excedrin for, like, Fun. much of middle school. Um, but I'd still get migraines anyway, so... And that probably could have had an effect on your digestive oh, system yes. as well. Probably could have completely trashed it, yeah. yeah. Um, but what's fun is, uh, there's nothing physically wrong with me. Hmm. Uh, so for migraines, you get all these CAT scans and MRIs and stuff, and make sure your brain's okay. My brain is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um... We think. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a lot wrong with it, but um, <laughs> when you physically look at it on a picture thing, apparently it's okay. We've just channeled it into your comedy. It's cool. Yeah, I had to. Um, I know it's funny. I talk about pooping so much now in my adult life because I don't think I was always so embarrassed about it. And then yeah. I was always like, my family didn't really talk about it. So sure. now I feel like it's like free reign and it's like everyone knows me as the person that just talks about it all the time. I'm like, also that person in my yeah. circle. I feel like you get to a certain point where... When you're dealing with digestive problems and, and invisible illness, where yeah. maybe if your family is a bit more uptight about that stuff, yeah. the minute you go to college, you start being like mm-hmm. the one that people come to to right. talk about gross stuff. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it makes me feel closer to people. It makes yeah. me feel less nervous if I'm able to just name the thing. Absolutely. Um, well, having a name for something is a huge part of getting better. I mean, for me, yeah. the minute I got diagnosed, I was like 50% there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Because if it's if it's an unnamed menace, it's sort of... Well, that's like my stomach is kind of an unnamed thing. Mm. Um, I was, So I stopped eating dairy probably 12 years ago. Mm. But, and that sort of helped for a minute, but not really. And then, but I just still don't do it because dairy is like, will mess everything up. Yeah. Um... But they said I had IBS, but I think that's a disease that they tell people, or they, it's a thing that they tell you you have that does, because they can't figure it out. It's a catch-all, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it's kind of like chronic migraines, too, because everybody has different migraines, and everyone's um, things that are going to cure their migraines are different. Mm-hmm. So, like, one person's like, well, I just don't eat chocolate. I don't drink red wine. And it's like, great. I really wish it were that simple. Yeah, if everyone. I could just not drink red wine, great. Let's yeah. do that. Although I don't drink red wine because of them. But Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, red wine is, like, really bad for my, I will have a migraine the next day. Especially if it's, like, a crappy red wine, like a, no offense, Trader Joe's, like a two-buck chuck kind of thing. (laughs) Isn't it three-buck chuck now? Or, well, yeah, I guess they went up in price. Inflation. (laughs) Well, I'm not paying for it. That's all I know. 
Um, but yeah, I will like, I hands down would have a migraine the next day if I were to wow. drink that kind of. So what does it look like when you're having a migraine? What is the, the attack, if you will? What are yeah. the symptoms that come on when you're getting a, a migraine? Uh, Can you tell before you're getting it? Well, okay. So I try, I'm trying to get the response, like I'm trying to figure out the first step before the aura. But my mm-hmm. first thing that I is really recognizable is the aura, which means, um, for me, it's like I'll see like a black dot or like a sparkly dot in my vision and then it will expand for like mm. about an hour until like I fully can't see in my peripheral. It's all just sparkly. Wow. There's an Excedrin commercial they made where they people put on goggles to see what an aura looks like. And it's actually pretty spot on for... Wow. And there's many different types of aura. Um or at least, like, five that I've seen. But uh, mine specifically, like, it's, like, the rings around. So they're, like, rainbow rings. Mm. That lasts for about an hour. Uh, and then I inject myself. I, I take shots when I get a migraine. Um, Amitrex. And... And I is know, this the... Now, I know there was a medication that you had to fight for months to get. That's a different... That's a preventative. So that's, oh. an, that's another shot, though. So I take a bunch of shots now for my migraines. So it's all injectables. It's not like a pill you can swallow. Well, I could do that. But, okay, a lot of the pills give you crazy reactions. Like your hands will tingle or you're really depressed or you gain a lot of weight or maybe you lose weight. But those... I, they're more rare, I feel yeah. like. Um, I've certainly heard of things also when people have been on medications and they can't get pregnant when they're on certain medications oh, yeah. too because it can cause defects. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- yeah. A lot of them would probably be like that. they're intense, those medications. Yes. And a lot of them are also antidepressants. So um, I've gotten to like go back on some of my antidepressants from when I was younger through my migraine treatment. But okay. So I've that's also- sort of a bonus in a sense. Yeah. Some of them have balanced me out a little bit. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, do you think that's something like, especially between women and men, that there are going to be more hormonal shifts for women that may affect the effectiveness of certain medications? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I know women are more prone for migraines um, than men are. I wonder why that is. Do you know? I don't know. It might it might be hormonal. But I do know I do know a bunch of guys that have migraines once in a while. They'll have yeah. it like once a year. Like my uncle, my friend Colin, my boyfriend has them very sparingly, but sometimes. So he understands when you're going through one. Yeah, he's just very supportive and like helpful and gets mm-hmm. me the ice, puts me in the dark, and yeah. then gives me weed or something. Yeah. <laughs> or well, CBD. Is, that's one of the benefits of being in California, too, I bet. Yeah, and it makes a difference. CBD especially, mm-hmm. I feel like, is very helpful. Which has no THC in it. That's just the... Yeah, there's medicinal. arguments like about whether you need to have THC for the CBD to be more effective, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Yeah. And do you, when you have weed as part of your treatment, do you smoke it? Do you like take a capsule? Like, uh, I usually smoke it just because that's what I normally have in the house is flour. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'll either, or I'll have a vape pen. There are these dosage pens that give you like the exact yeah. amount. Um, I had the one that was relief for that that has a lot of CBD in it. Okay. I really liked that pen a lot. Yeah. But you do get a little high. But when yeah. you have a migraine, it's great. That's super, yeah. All What's I want to do that? is pass out when yeah. I have a migraine. So, or like getting Tylenol a PM. High. Yeah, getting a little high on something that's going to like calm you down is probably the best way to pass out. Yeah, my day's shot anyway. Like, yeah. if I have a migraine, I'm out. Like, and so how long does it last? Um, the pain part's usually about a... It's usually about a day, and then there's residual mm. effect. Like, the I'll have vertigo for a week or something, mm-hmm. or I'll have... Um, I'll just be tired of like a slight headache the next day, and then usually by the third day it's like cleared. So it, it knocks you down for a few days. So yeah, um, I had to like design my entire life around migraines. Migraines dictate everything that I do, right? Yeah. Including probably most importantly your work life, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so I was a server for a really long time, um, but then I would get really sick 
at the end of the shift every time. And it started to be a pattern that I kept getting migraines at work. Mm. And, um, Just, do you think overstimulus? Yeah, like I was in the dark. It was really fast and stressful. I was grinding my teeth a lot. I was looking at this bright screen. Yeah, And it course. would just trigger. Um, or like the second I'd be like, oh, I'm about to go home, then I would get it. Wow. So like at the end of like a school semester, that's when I would get a lot of migraines. Normally like the adrenaline is enough to push me through to not get one. And then at the end, once I'm comfortable in a situation or I'm like, I can relax, I'll yeah. get a migraine. Well, it's the way everyone gets sick like over Christmas break, isn't it? Yeah. Like, students are pushing themselves really hard and then Christmas yeah. break comes and your body can just break down for a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah. Anytime you relax and suddenly it's like, oh, all this stuff's going to come to the surface. Yeah. But yeah, so. And what, I mean, you were saying that, like, sometimes being in the dark and having a bright screen can trigger mm, you, red yeah. wine can trigger you. I'm very light sensitive. So, like, like oh, so we just moved in this apartment. Mm. Um, we're, the, we're in Allison's apartment right Yes. Now. <laughs> uh, we just moved here. We're in my bedroom. It's really lovely. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, like, not decorated at all. No, but it's um, very calm because it's not really it's decorated. Very, I know. It's kind of like, maybe I'll keep it like this. Yeah, it might be good for the migraine. Yeah, I know. Um, but so there's light, overhead lights in the kitchen. So, like, if I'm watching TV, they can't be on. Like, stuff like that. Wow. Or, like, in our old apartment, there was this chandelier over the dining room table, and I just hated it. Like, my roommates all knew to just, like, turn it off when I was around. Um, Yeah, very light-sensitive. Like, I always wear sunglasses. Yeah. At all Well, you also, I mean, do you think that's also because you're, like, fair-skinned and you have light eyes? Yeah, it could be my blue eyes, too. Yeah. I'm just, but because I'm so used to, my aura is similar to, like, when you see spots, like, on headlights on a car. So that my aura is very similar to that in the beginning. So I'm very easily triggered by, like, it just makes me uncomfortable. And I instantly will start to freak out inside. Like, yeah, no, I mean, when I see spots, that definitely makes sense. And especially knowing that you're going to like lose a few days. And do you think that, um, cause you were saying that the migraines came on before the depression did mm-hmm. and that these are probably related. So, well, you, now they're yeah. definitely related. I don't know if they were related when I was depressed in high school. Hmm. Um, I was depressed in high school because I had mono, my grandmother had died, my boyfriend had just broken up with me, who was, like, the love of my life, you know, when you're 16 and you're so in love. Um, yeah. A lot of things all at once. Um, but then, so I did overdose when I was 18, and it was on my migraine meds. So, that's, how's that for full circle something? Um, but yeah, so... And then I was kind of off treatment for a while. And I was, uh, in college, I was okay. I would just, we were doing a lot of body work, like Alexander Technique and stuff mm-hmm. in my acting classes. And uh, that would trigger migraines, like, just oh, by, wow. like, aligning my spine in the proper way. It would release it. Even though it was it. proper. Yeah. But there's a cause and effect for every migraine you get, is their idea, that, like, it, the migraine's already sitting inside me. It just needs to be released. So, like, mm. by me, like using my body properly, I released it or something. And that's, I suppose, why people end up on medications as a preventive. Yeah, so I've been on a lot of different preventatives for migraines. The thing I overdosed on was a preventative. Uh, But, so now I'm on the new one, Amovig, which took me five months to get. This was one of those things where we were really commiserating over this. I was in it, yeah. Yeah, because insurance delays, right? Like, was this because you were waiting for your insurance company to cover it? Yeah, insurance was not covering it yet. Um, But the, the Amovig company will cover it with their prescription card so they have their own prescription card that you can use like an insurance card well, and it's kind free of nice for a pharmaceutical company it's super nice but i think it's only for three months so mm-hmm. after that it's like 690 697 or something a month yeah that's per insane. shot insane 
So... Oh, so it's a shot. It's not a capsule. It's a shot. So I put it in my thigh, just like I would with Imitrex. Imitrex you can take as a pill, but I prefer the shot because it's faster. And when you say you put it in your thigh, is it sort of like when you're doing one of those... um, It's like an EpiPen. EpiPens. Yeah, Yeah, you like punch it. You can look it up online. Yeah. It's just like a pen with like a little button on the top and you just push it and hold it for like 10, 15 seconds. And like, it sounds like you've been on lots of different medications Mm -hmm. as well to try and treat your various conditions. What's yeah. the transition period like? You know, like you're trying one and then it's like, okay, let's try this one. And has it been a lot of back and forth with doctors? Because um, of that? Well, I've also had like 15 doctors, like not just neurologists. I've had, you know, um, physical therapists, chiropractors. I've done Eastern and Western medicine. Um, I had the the needles, uh, acupuncture. acupuncture. Yeah. Um, which... Acupuncture, I th- it did help me with some things, but I also started to feel like this is bullshit. I was like, I'm mm. just laying here with all these fucking needles in me. I don't feel any different. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like she's just stealing my money. Um, you can get acupuncture covered on insurance, though. Yeah, it was like 50% covered when okay. I did it. Uh, and she was, I mean, she was great. She was like from China, and she was also a neurologist and all this oh, stuff. Wow. So I was like, wow, she's like legit if I'm going to go to one. But... Yeah. Um, I think it was my own psyche. I just was like, this is bullshit. Um, I think it's probably, I think people who go to get acupuncture either have one of two experiences, right? Like you're either like so in your body that you totally relax or you get so in your head that you're like laying there for like 30 minutes with so many needles. Yeah. And also it's different than um, the person who recommended me to go to her. She had a problem with her wrist. So her wrist was like in a lot of pain. So Mm -hmm. then she did the acupuncture. Her wrist is perfect now. That's very different than... An curable. invisible illness. Yeah. Like, it's, well, it's curable and it's so localized. It's not something that, like, takes over your entire body. Like right. Like an alien invasion, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's not something, like, and I don't know if I'm going to have an attack. And I could have an attack no matter what. So yeah. I don't know if it's because of acupuncture or not, you know. Uh, if I'm going to have an attack, I'm going to have it, you know. Yeah. So. Wow. So. Um, That's dark, but it's true. It is dark. Yeah. And what about the anxiety? Um, the medications that you've been on, have they been for depression and anxiety? Have you been going to a therapist regularly? Like, um, you... I was going to a therapist for a very long time. She left the business, but was supposed to come back and then still hasn't. So I have to probably start the whole process with someone new. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like not excited to do that because. Yeah. I loved my therapist, and, you know, they learn a lot about you. So it's like, oh, I'm going to just retell you all these things. It's like dating, isn't it? Yeah. Like you've got to, like, reintroduce yourself to someone yeah. in a really personal way. Uh, re- and it takes a long time for you to feel, like, fully comfortable in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, I think it took me, like, four months before I, like, even cried in front of her. Mm. And she was like... <laughs> Uh, she was cheering. Was, uh, yes, that was Allison doing. Her, she was doing a silent cheer. Yeah, it was very <laughs> exciting. Um, but yeah, so I don't know that any of them have been specifically for anxiety. A lot of antidepressants also cover anxiety, I think. Yeah. But some don't, though. I mean, I've yeah, certainly been different. on a few that have given me panic attacks because they haven't covered the anxiety. Part. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the ones that have given me migraines. Right now, I'm kind of. I mean, I'm on the Movig, which I do think makes me a little bit depressed when I first take it. Mm. Um, but. And then just Imitrex. So I'm pretty much not on anything. And then I'm on an IUD as well because I couldn't be on regular birth control. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because so I go, so okay, I have the aura right, then I'll get the pain, and then I'll go numb. So I, I have very similar, like, numbness to a stroke person would wow. have. So, like, start, except the difference is mine travels. I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, like, starts in my hands and it goes to my face and my mouth and then it'll go so in, like, to my feet. So it's not localized, Yeah. It doesn't just, like, stay in one location, which mm. I think with stroke it does, but you should probably look it up. <laughs> um, 
So because of the numbness, though, because I have a lot of similar things to stroke people, like mm-hmm. stroke victims, then um, you can't be on a regular birth control because it ups your stroke like uh, percentage like 70%. Because it's affecting your blood vessels. Right. Yeah. And the, the blood pumping from your heart. Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a very similar. It's realm. a similar feeling. So I can't tell if I'm having a stroke or if I'm having a migraine. Do you think that you're at higher risk for stroke? Just yeah, because, you, because of migraines you are. Yeah, you are. Oh, That's wow. what they told me. Yeah. Wow. Because of my specific type of migraine, though, because I have aura migraines. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people who have migraines who don't have aura and they don't go numb. Numb is actually a pretty uh, unique thing that I do. Oh, um, not, there's not Another a lot of us. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, there are other people that do go numb, but there's not a ton of people who go numb. So. Yeah. So with your protocol now, um, like how often are you taking those shots? Is that every day? Uh, no, the shot, the Amovig is only one time a month, once a month. Oh, that's good. And it lasts for the month. And then, um, the problem with that is trying to make sure I take it on the same day every month. Cause you're like, right. Oh yeah, of I'm course. fine now. And you're um, like living your life like a normal person. Yeah. Right? And I just forget about things. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then Imitrex I only take if I have a migraine. Right. Now we also talked about how, um, you have the migraines, um, probably genetically and how mm-hmm. your parents eventually took you to a neurologist when you yeah. were in middle school. But um, did you find that you needed an advocate at any point in your journey, um, with this illness? Was that something where like you had your parents with you? So they were always with you and your opponents when you were a kid, but, or now do you like bring your boyfriend with you? You know, is there anyone that you, you like need to have around to help you organize your thoughts and organize your, your, um, um list of medications and all that kind of thing? I think I'm. Well, or have you learned to be your own advocate? I think I'm my own advocate with them. Um, my mom is a pretty healthy person. She, hmm. and she's very like uh, practical, straight to the. She's never. She doesn't get sick very much. And I'm someone that gets sick a lot. So I think that our relationship was always kind of a struggle. Like hmm. she always would take care of me, and like if my stomach was messed up, let me like hang out in the car with her instead of go right into school kind of thing. Hmm. And I had headaches every single day after school, and she always be like, Allison always has these headaches. <laughs> So, I really hope that's how she sounds. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's wow. pretty exact. Uh, she, wow. Um, but uh, my dad understood it, but you know he worked a lot, so my mom was like my main person I was with all the time, uh, and she took care of me, of course. But I, I think she was kind of like, God, you're always sick, you know. Yeah. She was and, exasperated. Yeah. She probably like, also wanted you to be well because you're, like, her heart outside her body. But. Right, yeah. And I was signed up for so many activities she'd put me in, but then I just felt like crap at all of them. Right. Um, Isaac's really... My boyfriend is very... I do feel comforted with him when I go into situations. Like, I like having him around or knowing that he'll be able to come get me or... Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of my friends are like that, too. Like, yeah, so sometimes I'll go to the ER, like, uh, to get morphine or whatever if it's really painful. But a lot of times it's not that painful. Um, well, that's also relative, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're, you're not that painful is someone else's excruciating. Yeah, pro- yeah. I know. It's different. I'm, you learn to, like, you get used to it. Yeah. And yeah. what's what's the learning curve been on, you know, becoming your own advocate? I mean, it's so wonderful that you have a support network. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, don't know how to create that network. How did it look for you to be able to reach out to people and explain to them what you were going through and then also be able to go into your doctor's appointments and be like, this is what I need when someone wasn't necessarily giving it to you? Well, I have a really nice neurologist, so I'm always able to tell him. I was kind of doing Botox with him for a long time. And is that supposed to help migraines as well? Yes. So I was on Botox for like three Side years. Side benefit, you also look ageless. 
They only put it in the center of your forehead, and then everything else is in the back of your skull. So oh. it's in your neck. So, like... So your skull won't be wrinkly. Yeah. My skull by my ears is probably nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was always like, put it in my laugh lines. Anyway. Yes, but the, the other side of that is that you have a skincare consultancy, right? Yeah, um, I have a skincare business, yeah. Becoming my own advocate. Uh, I just was so sick that I... And I feel like I just kept announcing it. Uh, yeah. And people just kind of were like, okay, that's what Allison is. That's her thing. And we're those people, I think, who, who've just had enough and have just been like, I just have to tell everyone. Now. Yeah. Just like, okay, I'll come to your thing, but I might get a migraine. Like I'm going to be sick. I can't, you know, and yeah. l- lately I haven't really been like that, but there was like a good year where I was just in so many different doctor's offices. And I mean, now I'm in like crazy debt for my migraines too. My migraines like wrecked my financial life um, because of, which makes me feel like a piece of shit, even though it's not really my fault, but... Mm, no, it's not. It's not your fault that you have... But now I have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I just have to deal with it. And that's stressful, but I try not to let that stress me out. And is that just because of stuff that wasn't covered by insurance? Well, I had like a surgery and then... Um, so that was expensive. And my parents have helped me out a little bit with stuff, but mm. I don't think they know to the extent how many doctors I've gone to. And then I... I have the highest insurance now because of the Botox. Uh, so you mean covered. when you say the highest insurance, do you mean? Well, I have, I have gold. I don't have platinum actually. So okay, I shouldn't say so that. you've got like a very comprehensive plan. It's like four hundred bucks a month that I pay for health yep. insurance. Yeah, yep. um, just so I don't have to pay fifteen hundred every three months or whatever. Right. Uh, but then I seem to always have to pay something extra anyway for it. Well, aside from co-pays, co-pays there's. There are other things. Well, yeah. when you're going more than what's regularly prescribed, right? right. Um, and that you're someone who needs those extra visits, obviously. Like, when you I go guess. numb, you need to go see your neurologist. You can't just sit at home pretending nothing's happening. Yeah, I guess so. That, that's part of why I was annoyed the last time, because he was just there to, like, make sure the new drug, the Movig, was okay. And I literally, all I had to say to him was, like, I'm feeling good. And, like, get out. And then I had to wait for, like, an hour. Just <laughs> be like, no, we're not actually doing anything today. But, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I'm like, are they just taking my money? Right. Because I've gone to so many doctors and like the acupuncturist or the chiropractor, like the chiropractor, I was going like three times a week for a while. And that can get really expensive. Yeah. Especially if you're paying a copay every time. Yeah. At first I had really good insurance where everything was covered and I get wow. these crazy good massages and stuff, which I wish I could still get. But mm-hmm. then uh, my insurance changed and like nothing was covered after that. So, wow. um, and I had a really bad migraine was right after a chiropractic appointment. And so you think that maybe it triggered it. Yeah, I have a, an optho neurologist who's like an eye doctor neurologist person, mm-hmm. and she uh, was like, "You you stop doing the chiropractor. You don't want to put your body in any kind of shock." Of course, and yeah. it is a shock to the body to have your spine adjusted, and that will trigger a migraine because it's the same thing. Like the Alexander technique, it releases it, you know, right? Because it's there, and it just just needs sitting the and pathway. waiting. Yeah, right. This episode is sponsored by Ember Wave, the intelligent bracelet that helps control how you experience temperature. I'm heat sensitive because of my Hashimoto's and medications, and this device has been a lifesaver. Using patented technology, it cools or warms the temperature-sensitive skin on your wrist, creating a natural response in your body and mind that helps you thermally adjust in minutes. The Wave was selected by Time Magazine as one of 2018's best inventions. But because the technology is new, it can be pricey. So for those of you with mounting medical costs to consider, the team at Ember offer a payment plan in partnership with a firm. And because you also listen to Uninvisible, they're offering you $30 off. 
go to emberlabs.com, that's E-M-B-R labs.com, enter code INVISIBLE at checkout, and experience personal thermal wellness on a whole new level with me. How often, I mean, we've talked about you having to, to leave work um, when yeah. you're having an attack. How often are you confronted and forced to justify the fact that you're sick to other people, even though you look like a perfectly normal, healthy woman, you know? Yeah. How often do you have to explain to people like, no, I could get sick or, and how does that look and how does it feel to you to have to keep justifying it? Um, lately I haven't, my migraines have been pretty decent lately. So right now I'm only having like a couple a month versus I was having more than 15 headache days or migraine days a month. Wow. Um, that's cause I'm eating really clean, all the stuff. So I don't so talk about it that much. also helped. Yeah. Right now my goal is just to eat as many plants as I possibly can all the time. Plants are working for me. Um, okay. I've done a lot of elimination diets and stuff, but I did vegan for a little bit. Um, uh, I did what food maps or FODMAP, like FODMAP, yeah, yeah. FODMAP. Yeah. Um, but I think they all, and then whole 30, all these different things. I think they all kind of have a similar thing. It's like eat plants yeah. and just like lean meat. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like I have to talk about it that much with people. Because your friends already know. Yeah, they already know. Everyone at Second City, I do a lot of comedy shows there. They all know that, like, if I'm sick, I'm just text. I feel so much guilt, though, whenever. I always feel like it's not a good enough reason. Um, but so I used to work at the restaurant. That was my main place of, like, I felt horrible leaving them. And because it's such a stressful environment, that place. And so it's, to lose a staff member can be... It's a big deal, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think I'm... I'm I mean, I, I always sort of get into this male versus female thing. Do you think a dude in your position would feel the same guilt? Leaving? I don't. No. I agree. <laughs> um, and I hate to, like, I don't, talk about gender because I have a lot of thoughts on that, but that's a whole other podcast. But I... Yes. My manager at one point pulled me aside. So many of the managers were really nice. Like a lot mm-hmm. of them, a lot of the male ones were really nice, depending on the type of person they were. But I remember one manager was like, "I just never know if you're going to be sick or not." And I was like, "Go, go fuck, fuck yourself." yourself. But instead, I just felt horrible. But now I'm like, so that's why I have my own skincare business, mainly because of my migraines. Because I had to get out of the restaurant. So yeah. I was like, "All right, let's do something I can do from home. Anything I can do from bed, let's do it." That's where direct sales can really help, and remote yeah. work opportunities can really help people with invisible illness. But it really is like a solid company, and yeah. it's given me so much freedom to just get out. Mm. But, um... And your skin looks great, so... And that's not just because of the Botox. Yeah! both. <laughs> well, actually, my last Botox was in April, so it's over now. Oh, so wow. you can't even tell that I had it anymore. Because um, it only lasts two to three months. Oh, wow. Okay. That's the crazy thing about Botox. All these people who are getting it in their face... Like, you got to get it a lot. Yeah. Every two to three months, you have to be And that keep probably shooting. doesn't feel nice. It feels horrible. When you get it injected. Oh, my God. It's so painful. I, so when I did my migraines, it was 30 shots every time. <gasps> So I'll be like, let's go to the party. (laughs) Just laying there, holding like iodine little things all over your head while he's like puncturing the back of it. Oh, that does not sound fun. Yeah, there's pictures I took. Uh, I kind of like follow a bunch of other migraine people on Instagram and they follow me. And so I'll like... So you've created a community that way. Yeah. And there's... Yeah, actually the internet's wonderful. Like, so Amovig's a new drug... And it said that it had no side effects, blah, 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 when they were doing their private studies. But then now that it's been released, um, it's there's a Facebook group I'm in. So I can see, like, are these symptoms from the Movig or something else? Wow. Um, same on Instagram. You're also, I mean, it's very interesting because I think a lot of us who are in this world of yeah. invisible illness um, end up 
in Facebook support groups, yeah. <laughs> you know, or I'm only in know. one right now, but yeah. But even if it's one, I prefer Instagram, but yeah, Instagram, Facebook, like social media has been a really great outlet mm-hmm. for a lot of us to find like-minded people who are going through similar things, right? Because you may not have them in your immediate circle. No. Yeah. So to be able to really like bounce things off of other people is really huge. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. Like if you're someone who suffers from invisible illness, right? Like look on the internets. Yeah. You know, go find social media right. outlets that have groups that are going through what you're going through. They're so helpful. Even yeah. like, so I got the Dave piercing this year, which is a migraine piercing. And this is the um, one in the, the it's little like cartilage the, bit of Yeah, it's ear. like in your tunnel in the middle of your... Do you have it on both sides? Only just, one side. Does it help? But I actually think it helps. Um, uh-huh. It's a, kind of an old wives' tale, so I don't know if it does or not. It's quite an intense piercing, though. Like, it hurt a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, he was, like, putting the needle in, and then I was like, oh, my God, it's not getting through. It's not getting through. And then he still had to push, like, two more times to push Ooh. through. <laughs> I know, and I have all these other piercings that were, like, one shot, very easy. Yeah. Uh, but I actually do think it helps a little. And, like, if I'm having a lot of pain, I can just touch it, and it kind of, like, wow, does something. Wow. Um, and was that something where you'd been on one of the groups and someone was like, just get the piercing? Actually, my friend, um, I'd heard about it many times before, but then my friend Darby was like, I have a friend and it really helped her and she connected us. And then um, and then I was just uh, doing a comedy show in New York and my other friend wanted to get a piercing and I was like, let's do it. <laughs> um, so that can also be a community event. <laughs> yeah. So we went together and yeah. Yeah. It's a very nice man. Uh, pierced my ear. So, yeah. <laughs> Although painfully. Yeah. It was pretty painful. Yeah. But he, I, I'm very talented. And he said I was his favorite date of the day. Oh, that's great. Well, because it was for a really good cause, right? Yeah. Because like, hopefully it was going to help you when it happened. Yeah, he was like, it's not going to help, but you'll look cool. I was <laughs> like, okay, great. I mean, obviously you found support groups. You've, um, you know, been working with people through your social media connections and you have all of your friends who are helping you. You've become your own advocate, mm-hmm. but has your experience, not just with migraines, but also like with depression and anxiety, turned into advocacy on a larger scale? Like, have you been trying to help other people who are going through what you've been through? Um, yes. I, not to the extent that I want to yet, um, but I've gotten involved with different, like, migraine charities and donated and, like, raised awareness for them. Mm. Um, and then depression-wise, like, I will always reach out to somebody who is... Like making statements on Facebook or whatever about Which how they're tend feeling. To do. I know, and it's 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 such an interesting. I'm like, it's a, sometimes when I reach out to them, they're like, "Oh, I'm fine. I'm doing like John Ward's Bay." I'm like, "Okay, okay. you should see a doctor, dude." Yeah. Like you're talking about being suicidal on Facebook. Like, well, it's a weird one because I think social media is so public, but feels very private. Sometimes, too, because it's just you in a room talking about something. But then what about when you're, like, walking down the street and you run into people that you're friends with on Facebook? Like, do you not feel... That you should say hi? (laughs) I feel that way sometimes, like, when I'm doing, like, Rodan and Field stuff on Facebook and then the person never responded to me or something or we had a weird interaction about it, then I run into them and I'm like... (laughs) Do they know we had this interaction? Like, what's happening? So I can't even imagine when something, like, that, I don't know. Something about... Depression. Depression or suicide or... Yeah. Or even migraines. Like, yeah. About any of that stuff that's a, a real health concern. Oh, well, migraines, yeah. I'll post about that all day long. And yes, right. I do always comment on people's things. I think I'm sort of known on Facebook as, like, the migraine person now. Well, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, uh, a lot of people will reach out to me or send me messages or tag me in posts about migraines. And, mm. um, 
I'll give like my two cents about stuff. Yeah. Just because I've tried so many different treatments and. Well, do you also find that it's easier to talk about that stuff than to talk about the depression and anxiety? Yeah. Just oh my god. Stigma? I'll talk about migraines all day. I don't care about migraines. Um, when I just did that greetings from depression podcast, uh, I was like really hard to like be in a public situation like that talking about depression. Um, hmm. But I also think it makes me feel less alone. It might help somebody else. It uh, It's good that we all know that we're all... Everybody has some kind of battle that they're fighting. Yeah. And if you're in a room with, like, ten other people, I guarantee you, like, if you're all saying what your worst thing is that's going on with you right now, your biggest problem, and you write it down, you'd probably want to take yours back, like, after you hear other people's problems that's going but on. But how often are you in a room where people are doing that? No, acting you classes? never are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess in acting class, yeah. Um... Yeah, I just try to, like, put it in perspective. Like, mm. uh, migraines suck, and they're completely debilitating, but my body is still physically fine. And yeah. it's not like, you know, someone battling cancer or, you know, an autoimmune disease that could be way worse. Or right. Well, I don't know. Your migraines are, it sounds like they're pretty, they're a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish <laughs> I didn't have them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not fun that you have to deal with it, but, you know. If I had to pick an invisible illness, I guess... And right now, mine are pretty on lock. It de- you know, it also depends on, like, what I'm doing work-wise, if I'm having more migraines, how stressed out I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that can all also be a trigger, even just stress. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why my neurologist actually recommends that I smoke weed, because he mm-hmm. thinks I'm too high-stressed about stuff. So. What do you think people... But, like, what if you were in, you know, Nebraska, or somewhere where you are not legally allowed to smoke weed? Well, the other thing he tells me is I need to be doing yoga all the time, which I have a hard time doing, but... But you've had movement classes which have triggered your symptoms, so... Well, yeah, actually... but gentle, like, stretching and stuff, I'd be fine. Like, like um... Yeah, I mean, yoga, I've always been okay. Mm. Uh, hot yoga, I'm, like, a little on the fence about. Yeah. He tells me to meditate a lot, which that's another thing that I'm not great at. Um, my head, I, I spiral. I really struggle with it. Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking to someone the other day about that because um, I've been really trying to incorporate meditation a lot more mm-hmm. into my wellness. And I was saying, I just get that monkey brain that they talk about where, you know, you start going through your laundry list of things you need to do. And then you're like, <laughs> I'm just sitting here, but I need, I could be getting all these things done. Yeah. yeah. And, and your brain won't shut off. But, you know, most of them have said to me, it's not about telling your brain to shut off. It's about just acknowledging that that's happening. Yeah, noticing like, it. You know, and I, I think what's great about meditation is that you don't need to go to like, a master teacher to learn how to do it. Like you can do it in your own time for three minutes in right. your apartment. If you need to, you can do it in your car for a couple of minutes before you go into a meeting, you know, like yeah, there yeah. are ways to sort of work it in, in a manageable way. Yeah. Theoretically, if you're right. able to do it, you know, I know I spent so long thinking that there was a magical way to do it and then I was missing out on it. I'm like that I in everything, too. I think. Yeah. But, um, like even my skincare business, I'm like, I got to figure out the next thing out of how to do this business. Yeah. I already know how to do it. <laughs> Um, I already know how to meditate. It's just consistency. Yeah. Mm. Everything is consistency. Yeah. Um, well, and also for you in, in terms of managing symptoms, right? Like yeah. it is about creating consistency in terms of like how you're living your life on the daily, right? You yeah. Know? Like being able to avoid the triggers and, and being able to create that kind of rhythm that enables you to avoid the symptoms if you can. Yeah. And I feel like because I work from home now and I mean, I'm an actor, so I work on set too and like audition, but that's so like random and sporadic and doesn't really take a lot out of you. Mm. Um, except for like when you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it's interesting. Migraines have shaped my life and that I'm just kind of this person that like hangs out at home now. Cause I'm just like so scared of getting sick or, mm. 
And they're, I'll say no to, like, certain social activities because I know, like, it might be difficult. What if I get stomach sick? What if I, like, have a migraine? I'll be kind of trapped there kind of thing. Right. Well, and no wonder that also causes you anxiety. Yeah. And I was raised on boats. Like, my uncle has boats. And so anytime with them, we go boating and stuff. And I have had attacks on the boats, obviously. And so I have so much anxiety about being on something where I'm trapped. Right. Like, planes are okay because there's bathrooms and stuff. Yeah. But I have been sick on planes before, and that's, like, not a fun time either. No, but, I can't imagine. Well, and what's yeah. traveling like as well? If you're carrying around sharps and stuff, if you have to carry your needles with you and... Oh, yeah. Uh, normally, thing? it's fine. No, because they, they can tell, like, what it is. Um, oh, okay. I've never had to yet. Um, yeah. Even I mean, the needles, international like, travel and stuff? Uh, yeah, it was fine. When I, when I moved to London, I... Yeah, I had, like, an entire case of just needles, like, but they're, like, they're, like, packaged up, and you can tell what they are by looking at them, and that's, like, not, actually, when I went to a club once, they found my thing, and were, like, weird about it. (laughs) Well, fair enough. I was, like, you cannot throw this away, this was $75. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, like, can you hold it for me? But then they were, like, oh, okay, it's fine, it's, like, not a weird drug. it's actually for you, and it's a medication. Yeah, I was, like, just Google it. Yeah. But, um, but for people who don't know... That's yeah. an awareness thing, right? It's yeah. like you either need to educate yourself or you need to be understanding when someone comes to you and is like, well, actually, this is like an actual thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Isn't it crazy to think that there's people in the world that like don't have to deal with stuff like this? <laughs> They're just yes. like healthy all the time. Well, they might get a bully cold. to them. <laughs> they get a cold or like a random stomach Yeah, ache. but when they get a cold, it's the end of the freaking world. Yeah. You know, like, so. I take it. Yeah, yeah, I would take it too. Yeah. I would take it. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, they don't need a support group for that cold. No, I know. Yeah. God, I actually watched this movie on Netflix about people who are chronically tired, the fatigue. The where chronic they, fatigue. Where they can't get out of bed at all. Mm-hmm. That was very... And that made me be like, okay, I guess... We're going to have people on the show who are dealing with that. That's insane. That's like another... It's another level, yeah. I get tired a lot, too, but I don't think like that. But there are a lot of the chronic fatigue people, though. Some of them do deal with chronic pain. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the same level that you're dealing with when you get a migraine, either. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, I mean, some people certainly deal with intense pain. But I yeah. think it, it really, like, everyone's symptoms are different. And they manifest in such different ways. And it's about creating an environment that's optimal for your wellness, isn't it? And, like, right. there's so many factors that can go into that. And yeah. for some people, it's going to be... Eastern medicine, for some people it's going to be Western medicine, for some people it's going to be yoga, for some people it's yeah. going to be CrossFit. You know? I, I like, also, I sleep a lot yeah, because of my migraines. Like, I just, I'm always sleeping. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, because it takes a lot out of you, I'm sure, you know? Yeah, and I also think it helps prevent it. If I lose sleep, I usually will get a migraine. Um, yeah. If I sleep, like, less than, if I sleep, like, six hours or less. Like, I always have to sleep eight hours or I kind of freak out. Right. So we talked a little bit about the the stigma of invisible illness, particularly depression and anxiety, right? That, like, people are going to be less likely to talk about things like that. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger and I was really depressed and crying all the time, a lot of my friends told me my feelings were too big and that they couldn't, like, handle it. So then I became kind of this, like, numb, flat person. Like, it's very dry. Hmm. Um... Like, my sense of humor is good. I feel like it's really pulled out of that. Like, the, I'm always the monotone dry. dry like, <laughs> yeah. and everything on TV I do now is like that. Like, it's like, I'm always the, like, what deadpan person. And yeah. that is, that's directly from my depression when everyone told me I was too much. And I was like, they couldn't handle my feelings. So that, that also took me a long time to be like, oh, maybe there are people who could handle them. Um, and, like, maybe the people who can't are not your people. Yeah. And, 
I'm very disconnected from my high school because of that, or my mm. high school life and those people. My parents don't live there anymore anyway, but I never, like, really interact with my Virginia mm. uh, past. Yeah. So, um... You've been more discerning in your friendship since then. I think so, yeah. And also, like, going to, going to an acting conservatory, it's all about your feelings, and you they want to find the most fucked up thing in you yeah. to use. So that was really cool, like, going into that environment right after, because then I was like, okay, here it is. Mm. I got one for you. Yeah. Um, and you probably weren't even the most fucked up not person Not at there. all. Yeah. Not at all. Mine was, like, peanuts compared to what other people were going through. Yeah. Um, Do you think a lot of actors gravitate toward the work because there's a tolerance of mental illness? I mean, there's definitely a lot of people with mental illness in the industry, I would say. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, it's really therapeutic, like working on yourself all the time and like really exploring your emotional life. I remember having kids in the class who were like, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't have anything like a big thing. So maybe I can't be an actor. Yeah. Uh, which that's not true either. Um, but yeah, it is pretend. <laughs> yeah. And everybody can do it. Uh, but I think... I think it's fun, like, if you have tendencies toward mental illness or any kind of... And I hate calling it mental illness because it feels like it's, like, bigger than what it is. Well, and it makes it feel like it's an illness. Yeah. And that's... The word illness I've always struggled with, right? Because it's, like, there's probably more of the population that struggles with depression and anxiety. I feel like everybody does. How how do people... Everyone has to have some sort of... Yeah. Well, I think... Everyone has anxiety about something. Yeah, how can you not be anxious about, like, what you're eating or, like, your social interactions? Sure, but I don't know if everyone has, like, a depressive reaction to certain situations. You know what I mean? Someone might get down for a minute. Some of us get down for the count. Right, So that's where I think the the major difference is, is, like, how far down we go and how long we go for. Yes. I think I've gotten better about... I'm down for a day kind of thing, and then maybe Mm -hmm. I'll I'll be only half down the next day kind of thing. Um, whereas when I was younger, I was just down for like a year, I think. It was well, I think like, also yeah. when you're a teenager, the hormones really are it's, cuckoo bananas. Every, it really is true that my feelings were really big. They were yeah. so big. I couldn't control them. And it sounds like circumstantially, you also went through a period that was really heavy. Everything was just like horrible for a while. Yeah. 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 And so that yeah. also contributes to things getting deeper and darker. Yeah. You know, but in terms mm-hmm. of the whole invisible world, like. Do you think, how important is is it that we keep these conversations going? That, like, we're destigmatizing things like depression and anxiety and life with migraines. I think it's, I mean, I think it's super important because, like, I would love to have, like, a normal job, you know, but I can't because I have this thing going on and I'll let people down. Well, because our world is not uh, designed for... My yeah to to have flexibility. Yeah, so my brother has Aspergers, and they were talking. I met the, I dated this guy whose son has had Aspergers and uh, or has, and he was talking about how they're starting to make jobs for people with Aspergers where they're so they're comfortable and they're not like over stigmat or uh, stimulated. Yeah, and I was like, well, why can't they do that for for me? Yeah, like it's just like. Yeah. I have to do this at home business. It's my only, like, option, you know? And that also cuts into your social interactions. And the less social interaction you have, the more depressed you can get, right? Right. And my business won't grow either if I'm not meeting people all the time. Right. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. That's a, it's a really tough one. I mean, it's part of it is that the our whole system of work and work life needs yeah. to change. But also 
our whole system of healthcare needs to change too because you've come up against blocks. Lots. With, but it's things like that that's like the expectation is nine to five, right? Yeah, that everybody does that. Yeah, and it's like some of us can't yeah. because some of us need to do nine to 12 and then take a break because yeah. we're getting overstimulated and we might get a migraine. Yeah. Some of us can't do nine. We can't do anything until 12 or two. Yeah. You know? Um, so and it sucks so much because I still feel like bad about it. Like I'm like a weaker person or less than or and I, you know, I also have to say like having all these doctors and all these different self help books and everything like trying to meditate all this crap. Like I'm so sick of trying to be better. Yeah, I'm exhausted by it. Like I just want to be. I've I've felt that the the exhaustion of of the try. Is yeah, like, like it's uh, how many times? I mean, I can't believe I haven't fully given up. Mm. Trying to get better on migraines. Well, because you've got good people around you and you've managed to keep yourself upbeat about it, right? Because at the end of the day, sometimes with this shit, all I can do is laugh. And yeah, because like, it's so, it's so fucking ridiculous and Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sucks, man. Yeah. yeah. But at least there are communities of us who can get together and be like, this sucks. We all are yeah. having a shitty time together. Yeah. And you find the good in the shitty time. I mean, honestly, people who are well are still having shitty times with things that they're doing. I know. And they're they going don't through have any breakups, excuse, or, I guess. Or, 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 or losing people in their lives. Yeah, and that's yeah, pretty yeah. depressing, too. You know? So that's what I mean. Everyone has their cross to bear or whatever. Yeah. It is um, all relative. But it is that uh, that idea of being a sick person with quotes around it. Yeah. You know? Um, one of the women who I interviewed for the podcast um, said a really wonderful thing um, that she had been told by one of her doctors many, many years into her experience of mm. illness, which was that maybe she's a well person going through a sick experience, which really hit me in the feels. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh, maybe I'm not just that. a sick person. Yeah. You know, like, actually, I think I, I really hard, I've really like worn the mask of a sick person for so long that I just like live that life. Yeah. And because you kind of need to, to communicate to people how serious. Yeah. Your condition well, because, is. Yeah. Because I don't know what it is. They think it's bullshit. They're like, oh, you have headaches? I've never had a migraine. You know how many people <laughs> tell you? me they haven't had a migraine? I'm like, oh my God. And that's great. This was a great conversation. Got yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. I'm not going to talk to you about it then. Like, <laughs> like so what is it? Like a bad headache? I'm like, imagine there was a knife, yeah. like shoved in both sides of your head yeah and like turning well i mean my experience of migraines growing up i again have, i've never had a migraine but girl i know people who it. have yeah and they would have to excuse themselves from whatever we were doing and get into a dark room and yeah. have no noise and we'd all have to whisper and you know yeah like, because it's debilitating it's i, I have to go to bed immediately pretty yeah. much well and you need to cut down on stimulus completely yeah um, all right. So we've covered a lot today. We have talked about a lot. Yeah. And I like to wrap up my interviews okay. with a couple of top three lists. Okay. So, um, the first one is what are your top three tips for someone who thinks that they may have something going on health wise, be it migraines or depression or anxiety or anything outside of the scope of what you're going through? Okay. Um, so it's a big one. I know, but top three tips. My top three tips, um, don't keep it to yourself, mm. uh, get professional help, mm-hmm. and fuck everybody else and take care of yourself and don't feel guilty about it. That's really good advice. I need to listen to that last one. Really. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the self-compassion thing and the being one's own advocate thing. Yeah, you have to be nice to yourself because it's, it's horrible. It's horrible and it's a really steep learning curve because I yeah. think 
particularly as women, again, we're taught a lot of self-hatred, right? My body has to be this way. My relationships have to be this way. Yeah, my yeah. career should be looking like this when I'm in my 30s, even if it's not, you know? Yeah, yeah. And You just um, feel guilty about it all the I mean, I do anyway. I yeah. I feel like I live with that all the time. I, I feel like I would be living with that even if I weren't someone who was living with invisible illness. Yeah, yeah. So that it's already built in culturally for us. Yeah. I think you're already overcoming one hurdle, but the next one is like the additional hurdle yeah. of, you got to you got stuff going on. You got to take care of it because if you don't, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Sometimes it's almost like the physical isn't actually as hard as the mental. Yeah. But in a way, this is where I also think the invisible illness thing is mm. kind of a gift because it's the thing that it enables us not to stand behind these barriers of yeah. like, this is what it's supposed to look like when you're a woman in this modern world. Yeah. But, or a person, you know, but, um, that we kind of go, okay, well, I'm going to throw all that shit out the window because fuck it, because I need help. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to take care of myself. And you that's get to true. Point, yeah. Right. You get to a point where you're so exhausted where you're like, I just need some fucking help. That's kind of what I got to. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm out of the job. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to live like this now. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. And, all right, you're the other top three list. Okay. Top three, secret indulgences slash guilty pleasures slash comfort activities. So, like, if you have a flare-up, what do you do that comforts you? Are the, If you're changing your diet or your lifestyle for, um, for your health and to prevent symptoms, is there something that you just, is your favorite cheat? They cheat on. You know, or like, yeah, yeah or or just secret indulgences. Like, oh, I really love to listen to Michael Jackson and dance around in my pajamas. Whatever oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, Things that make you feel good. That, yeah. um, I love the Real Housewives. <laughs> I, I'm so excited when there's a new episode. I really, it's so pleasurable for me. Um, Fabulous. New York's probably my favorite, but... I also like Orange County, the original. <laughs> um, if I have a, he- a migraine, I'll smoke weed. That's yeah. an indulgence that's maybe not good or is good. I don't know. Um, and, yeah, I've done a lot of clean eating, but, like, I'm still going to... I really like... Uh, I'm, so I'm dairy-free, but I like Ben & Jerry's has these dairy-free ice creams now. And what? I caught... Oh! <laughs> You have to go. Dairy-free ice cream? Yeah, like every grocery store. Um, There's the PB&J one is, or peanut butter cookie is really good. Oh, my God. There's a coffee one I really like that's like, uh, has caramel and chocolate in it, too. Oh, my God. And I usually hate coffee ice cream, but this coffee ice cream is banging. And it's dairy-free. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and it's like Whole Foods. I miss ice cream more than anything. Dude, I eat ice cream all the time. I just bought uh, cookie dough ice cream from Whole Foods that's dairy-free. Oh, my God. You need to go to the grocery Well, because I know that there's, like, the so delicious stuff. But yeah, it's so delicious is what like, I got. I know. I try to avoid soy because uh, one of my doctors was like, soy is really bad for you. Yeah, for soy is not – It's soy is just generally not so great for you, I think, especially when you have a, a delicate system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Apparently, yeah. And as a woman, apparently it's not good for you in some Well, because there's a lot of estrogen in it and it's, like, yeah. over-processed. Yeah, so now when I go to get sushi, I don't do edamame anymore. Yeah, I like, never oh. loved it anyway. It was just the popping them out of the thing. Yeah, I like the salt. Yeah. But I could just eat salt, I guess. Well, and I've also had to, like, stop eating sushi rice because of the sugar. Oh, really? they use the sugar to bind it. Can you do brown rice? They still use sugar to bind it. Oh, okay. So I have to do sashimi. The joy is gone. That that's sounds why, very joyless. Allison, yes. you have been so awesome. Thank oh, you thank so you. much for being on the show today and, like, sharing about this shit you're going through. Like, this is part of the journey, right, is <laughs> sharing, oversharing. 
I hope I overshared. I don't know. Hashtag overshared. Uh, Hashtag. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. It was a pleasure to be on it and talk about this stuff. And guys, if anyone wants to find Allison online, you can find her on Instagram. That's where she's most active. Yes. At Big Bad Yates. And it's Y-A-T-E-S. Um, it's like the big bad wolf. You it know? is. It is. <laughs> I hate instead of a wolf. It's just so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, message me, follow me. Um, I love to talk about migraines with people. Yeah. And other stuff, I guess. But yeah. yeah. But if you have <laughs> when questions, we can eat it out of you. <laughs> yeah. And I've been through so many different treatments. So if you have questions about a specific treatment you might be going through, yeah, um, or might be about to start, let me know. Thank you, Allison. Yeah. That's really awesome. And uh, we hope to have you on again sometime soon. I know. It'll be so fun. Yeah. Ah! I'll bring ice cream. Thanks. But dairy free. (laughs) That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. As always, please check us out online at uninvisiblepod.com and all over the social media world at uninvisiblepod. We love your feedback and suggestions, so please drop us a line via the website if you have questions, ideas for topics to cover in future episodes, or just want to say hello. We're all about relationships and collaboration here, so credit where credit is due. Music for this episode is by Sean Hart, who can be found at seanhart.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.